entrepreneur on fire, 748. Put your wedding shoes on, walk out that door, and just make progress every day. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Zero is the online accounting software for your small business. Born in the cloud, Zero gives you an at-a-glance view of your cash flow. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at zero.com slash podcast. That's xero.com slash podcast. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Mickey Agrawal. Mickey, are you prepared to ignite I am. (laughs) All right. Mickey Fire Nation is a force of nature. She was a recipient of the 2013 Tribeca Film Festival's Disruptive Innovation Award and named 2013 Forbes Top 20 Millennials on a Mission. She is the co-founder and CEO of Thinks, a disruptive underwear company. Mickey, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so take a minute and share a little bit about you personally, and then expound upon the biz. I am half Japanese, half Indian, uh, dot not feather. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm an identical twin, so if you see my sister in a street and, uh, and she's excited to talk to you, and then she tells you 30 minutes later that it's not me, that it's cool. It happens to us all the time. <laughs> she loves it. Um, <laughs> I, I do have a quote, which, which I, I, have, I have a line which says, I have an identical twin sister. She's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword identical. <laughs> I, <laughs> if some people don't get it, I'm just like, don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> um, yeah, so grew up in Montreal, Canada. Um, French is my first language. So I actually used to speak English like this, the French accent. Oh, yeah. Um, but went to Cornell University uh, when I was 18 and then graduated um in 2001 and started my job investment banking right across Tubo Trade Center in on September 1st, 2001. Um, so you can imagine what happened uh, 10 days later. Yes. Um, uh, you know, two people in my office died. It was like, you know, the one and only time in my life that I slept through my alarm clock. Um, so I actually wasn't there and I was supposed to be. Uh, Two World Trade Center is my subway stop every single morning. And that morning I just slept on my alarm clock. And since then, before or after, I've never I'm the lightest sleeper and I've never slept on my alarm clock since. So it was one of those moments where I was just like Goosebumps. okay. Yeah. It was like my aha moment. It was sort of like my wake up call that, you know, the mystery of life is that you never know when it's gonna end. So the time is now to make it count. So I kind of you know, wrote down three things I want to do with my life. And the first was to play soccer professionally. The second was to make movies and the third was to start a business. So I did all of those things and, um, launched my first business when I was 25 years old, which was a farm to table gluten-free pizza place. And this is back in 2005 when no one was talking about organic and gluten-free and farm to table. So it was definitely an interesting journey to grow that business. Um, but grew it over, over the, the next, you know, nine years, um, and uh, I have three restaurants now and I've 
now partner, I brought in a, an amazing operating partner to run the business, which has really given me, you know, a lot of time to work on my latest project, which um, is very near to my near near and dear to my heart. Um, and I started that in 2010. Um, I guess I can get into it right now if you want me to. Well, we can even take a step back real quick, but I yeah, just do want to sure. say, Mickey, that you are truly a force of nature. There's no doubt about that. And I definitely got goosebumps when you're talking about your 9-11 story. I mean, of course, we all have our own stories. Yours, you know, couldn't be, you know, more real and more there. You know, for me, yeah. I was actually a senior in college a little ways up the road in Rhode Island, but I was an Army ROTC. So when, when I saw that happen, I knew that my next eight years in the Army were going to be real deal Holyfield. And sure enough, I spent 13 months uh, in Iraq on a tour of duty as an armored platoon leader because of that day as well. So it's really, you know, crazy how different people are impacted in different ways from the exact same events. But I also walked away with that same mentality that, you know, we need to live for today. You know, the time is now to take action. I love how you wrote three things down and accomplished all three. And Mickey, we are going to do a deep dive into your entire entrepreneurial journey in just the next 25 or 30 minutes. But before we do, we always start with a success quote. Um, I don't think you can top the one about having a hut identical twin, (laughs) but um, if you have one for us, I'd love to hear it. Take it away. So I guess my favorite quote I say all the time um, to my team and to everyone I know who's interested in entrepreneurship um, is iteration is perfection. Um, and, you know, I believe that, you know, if you're interested in starting a business, you know, to put something out into the world and then just hear the response and hear feedback and iterate iterate and get better and improve and listen and improve and get better and listen and improve and get better. And I think it's just about iteration. And I think if you're a company that's based around that mantra of iteration is perfection, then you can't fail. Love that. Awesome quote. And Mickey, what I want to really do now is talk about you and your journey. And, you know, you've done some incredible things. You know, you've won the Disruptive Innovation Award. You were named 2013 Forbes Top 20 Millennials on a Mission. I mean, just some really exciting stuff. And and we're going to get to some of those things. But we always start with a different kind of story on Entrepreneur on Fire because I I really want to close this chasm that the listener, Fire Nation, and then here's you, Mickey, this incredibly successful and inspiring entrepreneur, by you telling us a time that you failed, telling us a story of either an obstacle or a challenge that you faced at some point along that journey. And Mickey, really take us there in that first person. Tell us that story and the lessons you learned. Yeah, I mean, failure is definitely a really, really important part of entrepreneurship. And I think, you know, you know, if people think it's all, you know, roses along the way, it it certainly isn't. Um, I mean, I have countless stories of failures um, along the way. But, um, you know, I can just talk about, you know, a partnership, for example, you know, you're bringing somebody on, um, you know, my first business, I brought somebody on way too early, made him a partner, and it wasn't the right fit. And that was, you know, one of the scariest things to unravel that. Um, and, you know, once it happened, once you did it once, you know, it went through the, the pain of unraveling it, it was the best thing I ever did for the business. So, yeah, I mean, choosing your people wisely is absolutely critical. Um, you know, also, um, you know, getting pressed too soon. You know, I was so excited that the New York Times wanted to write about my first little restaurant on the Upper East Side of Manhattan that I, you know, they came and wrote about it before we were fully ready to accept 
press. And so, you know, we had a line at the door, which was really exciting, but then that line certainly dwindled quite fast when they realized that we weren't able to serve food fast enough in the way that they wanted. So, you know, we lost a lot of customers that way and spent the next, you know, couple of years building it back up. So, you know, there definitely is a lot of lessons learned along the way. And I think, um, I think, you know, there's, there's only, you know, trial and error that, that allows for that. And then, you know, seeing something once and saying, Oh, I'm not gonna do that again. Um, or bringing on a partner who has a lot of experience in the past, who've grown businesses in the past that you can kind of, you know, lean on throughout these times. Like, Oh, don't, don't get press until you're fully ready or have yourself open for three months and have your business be running for three months before you even get any kind of press so that you can, you know, be ready for it and, um, and, and iron out the kinks. You know, or, you know, before you accept a partner as a, as a partner, you know, spend six months to a year really sussing them out and just really feeling them out and seeing if they do have the, you know, the, 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 the skills that you need that you don't have um, to make a complimentary partner. And if you don't, then, you know, then before you say the words co-founder, say the words partner, you have to, you know, choose those words wisely. So definitely those are things I've learned in the past that, you know, that you can't, it's just very hard to make the same mistake twice. But you do, you will make the same mistake again and again, but um, with, with eyes wider open. Mickey, you said something really powerful that we weren't ready for press. And I think that's really important for our listeners to really absorb and to take in because a lot of people go by that mantra that any press is good press. If it's good, if it's bad, if it's ugly, if it's pretty, like just give me press. Like my business needs it. But you know, you just told that very eloquent story about how you got the press. You weren't ready. The line was there, but then it was a long line. You couldn't deliver on what your customers wanted. And it took you years to build it back up to where you wanted it to be. You know, that's, that's a huge takeaway. That's a huge, huge takeaway for our listeners, Fire Nation, to realize that all in good time. So what would be that kind of one takeaway that you want our listeners to walk away with from that experience in your life? Be ready for press, you know, get yourself, you know, have a soft opening, you know, for in any business, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a product based business, whether it's a storefront, whether it's e-commerce, whatever it is, before you get your first big inflection point through press, you know, really, really know that you're ready for it. And even if you're fully, fully ready for it, just that you've seen something happen where you can kind of like fix it quickly, you know, that's better than not having any experience um, launching something and then not knowing how to fix it quickly. So, um, so yeah, give yourself, you know, I would say three months before you get that, that press that you, that you feel like you need. So Mickey, that's a really powerful takeaway. And, you know, for, for Fire Nation to, to hear those words soft opening, that it's okay not to just come out and blitz everything and have to have the lights and the red carpet and this big product launch or, or restaurant opening or all this. It's okay. Like you can do things on your own schedule. And in fact, that could behoove you. So Mickey, great point there. And, and now we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum, but hear another story from you. And this time, really just choose one because you've had so many aha moments, epiphanies, light bulbs that have gone off in your journey. You have a lot of stories you could tell, but I'd like you to just think of one light bulb that went off at some point in your journey as an entrepreneur. And Mickey, really take us there. Take our listeners to that moment in time, describe it, and then let's walk through the steps you took after having that idea to turn it into success. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the big, questions today that people ask me all the time, especially, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote my book, Do Call 
you know, people really, really appreciate the section. It's about fundraising, you know, raising money. It's one of the hardest things that people have to do in order to start and grow their business. And, you know, people keep asking me, how'd you raise money for your businesses? And right now I'm actually going through fundraising process for things right now. And, um, and it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's again, like you have to, you know, act, act very tactile, tactically. And, um, you talk about being in the army, you know, have to be very, very, you know, to think about, you know, very, very, you know, simple, you know, things before you start the fundraising process. And for me, you know, what I came to realize is that, you know, I worked in investment banking and I thought maybe if I put on my investment banking suit and go on and went and had these one-on-one investor meetings with, you know, with investors, potentials, you know, anyone who would have extra money in their pockets, I set up meetings with them and have these, you know, one-on-one meetings with them. And I realized very quickly that I was very much like not myself in in those moments where I was just like trying to be like this serious and, you know, entrepreneur when, you know, when that wasn't the element in which I wanted to be seen, you know, put on an uncomfortable suit, go into like a meeting or slash coffee shop slash their office and try to sell them on an idea and a very, you know, very nervously. And so I asked myself, you know, where am I most myself? Like, where am I most me? Like, where do I shine? And, you know, that's when I kind of realized I was like, oh, my God, I put myself in a place where I shine because, you know, people are more attracted to you then, right? So you think about when I played soccer D1 in college, you know, I come watch me play soccer if I was interested in having them like me right and I would say yeah just come you know hang out in the bleachers and watch me play soccer (laughs) and they would come and they'd watch me and they would like me more right after that so because they're like wow you're really good at that and you so I found an element in which I shined and I and I put myself in that place and brought people that I wanted them to be interested in me to that place and so it's no different. The psychology is no different in fundraising, right? So like you ask yourself, where do you shine? And so for me, like I couldn't bring, you know, investors to watch and play soccer. But the next best thing for me was, you know, dinner parties. You know, I was, I'm just excellent at throwing dinner parties. I've been my whole life, my family, I grew up hosting dinner parties. I grew up, you know, um, in, in New York, my entire, like, you know, New York experience has been like hosting dinner parties. So just with friends and I just, people love them. So I just took that idea. I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw fundraising dinner parties. And at age 25 years old, when you've never raised money before, you know, it's, it's like, for me, it was what I felt like made most sense to me. And so I, I hosted these fundraising dinner parties and how I encourage people to come, you know, because, you know, again, I talk about this in my book a lot as well. I talk about the idea of, um, of mutually beneficial experiences, or you can't expect investors to come to, or potential investors, anyone with rich person to come to your, you know, to your, to your, you know, fundraising dinner parties if there's nothing in it for them outside of investing in your business. So the way I kind of positioned it for them was, hey, like you want to come get a free dinner at a beautiful New York, you know, loft apartment and meet other really interesting people. You know, as anybody who who wouldn't want to go and have a beautiful free meal in a beautiful you know loft apartment in New York City and meet other interesting people? Everybody wants to do that. I'm raising my hand right now. Right, and so you know, if you have extra change in your pocket, you know, you probably would be enticed by those those you know that opportunity to come and meet cool people in a cool environment, have free meals. So, um, so that's what that was sort of my value proposition for them was just like you know, here's why it's going to benefit you, no matter what, whether you're interested or not. Just come come and have a great experience. And you know, it was up to me to basically execute on that great experience. And for me, because it was my first you know real experience you know raising money, I didn't. I was very uncomfortable presenting my idea you know myself. And so I, I brought in my really good friend with a British accent to present my idea for me. <laughs> You know, and so he presented my idea for me. I, all I was there, 
all I was doing at these fundraising dinners was making sure everyone had an amazing time, making sure people met each other, making sure they tasted the food, making sure that, oh my God, you meet this person, you guys will love each other, you know, and just made sure that everyone who came had the best time. And, you know, I had somebody else present the idea for me with a British accent, which took the pressure off of myself. I just, you know, executed the evening beautifully. And, you know, as a 25 year old raising money for a restaurant in New York City where the odds are pretty much against you entirely, you know, I raised $250,000 that way. Um, and so that was my first, you know, foray in fundraising and understanding what worked for me. And what actually happened in those moments in those fundraising dinner parties was it created what you call, what I called in my book as well, you know, positive peer pressure, right? If you create like a really good environment where people are having a great time, all of a sudden someone whispers to the other, are you investing? They're like, yeah, are you investing? Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like positively peer pressuring each other to all invest. And that's how I raised the money. And it was just like a really fascinating psychological experience, um, you know, an experience in psychology uh, on how to get, you know, win buying from people through these beautiful experiences. So I'm actually hosting one on the 23rd of October for my, for my underwear company. I'm hosting a fundraising dinner party for that, um, for Thinks, and to, to really invite people to have a beautiful evening and a beautiful friend's loft apartment. I'm doing exactly what I did 10 years ago to raise money for my, for my uh, restaurant as I am for my underwear company. So Mickey, there's actually three things I want to pull out here because they're really important. I really want to make sure that Fire Nation is absorbing them before we move on at all. And that number one is that positive peer pressure you talked about. I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, people are now in the same room. You're getting them excited because you're in your elements. And you know they're saying, are you investing? Are you going to invest? I mean, I can just hear those conversations going on. And yeah. that's really powerful and exciting. And the second thing you said was, you know, is it a mutually beneficial exchange of value? I mean, is that person not just going to go there just to write you a check, but what is the experience they're going to get? Like, what are you going to add to their lives? And that's powerful as well. And the last thing that you said, which was actually the first thing you said is, you know, you weren't shining and you needed to find where were you shining? So that's my, that's my question to you, Fire Nation. You know, where are you shining? Where do you shine? What areas do you just glow, you know, and that's where you want to put yourself in to put yourself like Mickey in a great situation to succeed. And Mickey, you've had a lot, a lot of really proud moments throughout your life. I want you to just pick out one where you would consider your proudest moment and tell us that story. What is your proudest moment in time as an entrepreneur? You know, I have a team of seven now for things. Um, and I'd like to describe things in a minute, but, um, but with, with my team and, you know, hearing that, you know, our employees who we've all hired separately are now moving in with, with each other, they're best friends, they're all living together, they're all working, you know, together and for each other. Um, I think to be able to really create, you know, a cohesive environment, environment where, where your employees are now best friends, you know, I think it's a proud, it's a very proud, proud thing. And to know that, you know, the whole team is fighting together to really change the way, you know, girls exist in, in the developing world. And here, you know, I think um, there's real camaraderie there. And to see to see that happen with your team is really special. Um, so I think that's definitely, you know, a proud moment. Um, you know, the proud moment for me is, you know, really knowing that I do have freedom of time. Even if I work so hard, I can I can work when I want and how hard I want, you know. So, I think to be able to choose that destiny for myself with, you know, the, the freedom of time um, is, is very, I'm a very, I'm very proud of that um, to be able to go to Burning Man for eight days and unplug, but then nice. to work at for, for, you know, to 11 o'clock at night or midnight or 1am, uh, you know, on weekdays because I choose to 
um, because it's so exciting and so interesting, you know, that, that is fun for me. It's not because I have to, it's because I choose to. Um, and so that's definitely to be able to, you know, create my own reality. You know, you talk about Steve Jobs, you know, Steve Jobs said, you know, when you realize that this world that we live in was, and the society um, that we, you know, that we live in was created by people no smarter and certainly no different than you and me, then, you know, everything changes, you know, your reality changes, you can create and mold and do your own thing, you know, because society is only a figment of, you know, of, 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 of hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Creates your own reality. And I love that you brought Steve Jobs into that because Steve Jobs had what many people, Mickey, refer to as the reality distortion field. Like you couldn't enter reality into his little world because he just didn't take it. He wasn't going to take your reality. He knew what his reality was and he created that. So that's so powerful. And Mickey, let us bring things to present times and talk about today. You are fired up about things. Share with Fire Nation why and a couple things that are really exciting you about that. You think about, you know, just the current landscape for women right now and women entrepreneurs, you know, right now, 500,000 new women owned businesses are launching every single year. You know, it's a really insane number um, in this country alone, you know, millions around the world are, are launching. And so the idea that, you know, we are, you know, in a real time where women are able to find their power um, to be able to create a product that supports women throughout this time is really, is really exciting for us. And so, so what our product is, is that we, um, you know, for me as a busy girl running from one restaurant to another and building one business to another, you know, discovered that, you know, every month I have my period and I kept having monthly accidents and having leaks and stains in my underwear. And it was just so annoying having to interrupt my day and run home and change. I discovered that, you know, every woman I know was going through the same thing and, you know, that they had to put a sweater on their waist and run home and interrupt their days and that so many of our underwear have been ruined over time because of our periods. And it's just a very, very natural thing. Like every single woman for the better part of their lives go through this. And every man is here because of it. Without that important lifeblood, you wouldn't be here. And yet there's still such disrespect and such, you know, shame around women's periods. And so, you know, the question one was, you know, how is there no innovation for women during this very natural, normal time of the month? Um, and the second question was like, how is it possible that this is still taboo today, 2014? So, um, the, the first issue was, okay, we know that underwear fails women at least one week a month. So let's patent and create a new kind of underwear. It looked like a sexy regular pair of underwear, but you know, one that women never had to worry about leaking or staining through them ever again, never had to worry about it, you know, failing them, you know, so our underwear, you know, we patented a technology called Thinks Quad Tech that, you know, makes the underwear leak and stain resistant, absorbent, antimicrobial, moisture wicking. So women just don't have to think about their periods ever again. They can just like carry on without worrying about it. Um, and then, you know, the second issue is, you know, girls in the developing world, over 100 million girls are missing one week of school when they have their periods. And they're using things like leaves, old dirty rags, plastic bags to manage their periods. You think about your mother who was a girl once, you know, either a, you know, a young girl once. You think about your sister or your best girlfriends. You know, they all, you know, imagine if they all grew up in the developing world and couldn't go to school because of their periods. Something as natural as their periods. It was just alarming and frankly, like, really, really disturbed me. And so, you know, just to know that, you know, something like offering simply by giving girls pads you know, by washable, reusable cloth pads to girls in the developing world, it can completely change their reality. So 
we were like, okay, what if we create like a Warby Parker, Tom Shoes model where we, you know, create a product that women need here, which is like a gorgeous pair of underwear that supported women when they have their periods. And what if for every pair of underwear sold, we fund the production of seven reusable cloth pads that goes to a girl in the developing world? You know, we're not giving these pads away, but we're actually helping create a, you know, sustainable business model by funding a for-profit company in Uganda to hire more women locally, create these like, you know, young women entrepreneurs to sell these pads locally into the, in the developing world and actually create a, a real sustainable business model for them while growing our business here. So there's really like an opportunity to, you know, to change the way women experience their periods both here and around the world. So that's what we set out to do with Thinks. And, um, you know, now we've, if you go to shethinks with an X.com, you can actually check it out. Um, and it's really, it's really changing the way women experience their lives. You know, it's like giving them complete freedom to not have to think about their periods ever again. They just wear the underwear. They don't have to think about it. All you have to do is hand wash it, throw in the washing machine and it's back brand new. You know, it's not throwaway underwear. It's like reusable, beautiful underwear that just has special technology in it. And then for every pair of underwear sold, we fund seven pads to a girl in the developing world. See, Mickey, hearing you speak, and I know Fire Nation is taking this in as well, is just so obvious, your passion and your commitments. And that is just the reason why you're so eloquent when you're talking about, you know, what you've created here and what you're going to be continuing to create, you know, this value throughout the world. And, you know, Fire Nation, this is just, you know, turning it back on you now. You know, you're listening to this and you're hearing Mickey and, you know, she had you know, something that she knew could be improved upon. I mean, how many things do you think about every single week, every single day that could be improved upon? You know, that could be your thing. That could be something that you get behind 150% like Mickey has as well and, and literally make a difference around the world. So just to just to pause that for one second, I kind of, you know, because people ask me all the time, well, how do I know how to find my passion or how do I know what one business to stick to? Or I have so many ideas, like, what do I do? Right. So like I, I talk about in my book as well, like how to really think about, you know, creating something and how to think about that. And what's, so I create kind of a three step process to think about, you know, finding your passion and creating something. And so, you know, question number one is asking yourself, what sucks in my world? <laughs> so for me, like my stomach ache hurt. So I started my restaurant. Uh, I kept having monthly accidents in my underwear. I started things, you know, like these are all like, it's sucked in my world. So I know that there's an opportunity here. So question one is what sucks in my world? The second question is, does it suck for more than just me? <laughs> does it suck for a lot of people? Because you could be a very picky person and something could suck for you, but not suck for other people. <laughs> but if there's something that sucks for a lot of people, like a lot of people have stomach aches all the time. A lot, every woman has had a period accident when they, you know, every month. And so it sucks. It certainly sucks for a lot of people. So does it suck, does it suck in my world? Does it suck for a lot of people? And the third question is, can I be passionate about this issue for a really long time? And that's it. I mean, it's really like, okay, this sucks for me. This sucks for a lot of people. And can I be into this idea for a long time? That's really, that's really it. For me, it's like, yeah, I can, I can, it sucks for me. It sucks for a lot of people. I can definitely be passionate about food, you know, giving people healthy, organic comfort food for a long time. Yeah. Um, does it suck for me? It sucks for a lot of people. Yeah. I can be really, really passionate about helping girls in the, around the world manage their periods. I can definitely be passionate about that for a really long time. You know, give women true gender equality. Yeah. I can be passionate about that for a really long time. You know, so it's like asking yourself really through those three step question, 
Because otherwise, you're like, I'm going to start another t-shirt company. It's like, that doesn't suck for anyone. It's another t-shirt company that's going to be in part of the noisy world that you're not going to, you know, it's going to be so hard to grow a business. Whereas you're actually solving a problem that sucks for you and a lot of people. And you're actually building a business around that and that you can actually be passionate about it. Oh my God, like that is a real business. You're not just one of many, you're one of one, right? So Fire Nation, I mean, think about these things. What sucks in my world? Does it suck for more than just me? And can I be passionate about this issue for a really long time? And this last point, Mickey, is huge because so many people look at business like a sprint. Like they're just sprinting and they get burnt out because you can't just do these little sprint sprints. It's a marathon, Fire Nation. And if you can look at it like a marathon, something that you want to be doing three years from now, 13 years from now, maybe even 30, that's something that you can get behind. And Mickey, We're about to enter the lightning round, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Isn't it awesome finding a business partner who you know you can trust to always be there when you need them? This is especially true when it comes to one of the most valuable assets, our finances. Introducing the online accounting software and platform for your small business, Xero. That's X-E-R-O. Xero was born in the cloud, so it's there for you anytime, anywhere. Whether you're a Mac, a PC, an iOS, or Android device, Xero is right there with you. Plus, they're perfect for any small business, whether you're brick or mortar or online. Xero also seems integrates with over 350 best-in-class business tools to process mobile payments, manage payroll, run your back office, and even help you with cash flow management, something everyone needs. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at zero.com slash podcast. That's X-E-R-O dot com slash podcast. Special bonus, Zero will randomly select five people per month who sign up for a trial to receive a mystery box of goodies from a business that already swears by Zero. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Mickey, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Cool. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? My fear. (laughs) What is the best advice you've ever received? Hesitation kills. Share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Exercise, do something active every day. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? I love Reportive um, and Boomerang. Those are both really great tools. Reportive, you can, anytime you type up anybody's email address on the right-hand side of your, of your computer, you'll be able to see 
their entire, like what they do, who they are, their LinkedIn profile, the Facebook profile. You can actually like learn about who you're emailing before you email them. It's a really great tool. It's called Rapportive, R-A-P-P-O-R-T-I-V-E. And then Boomerang is a great tool if you're trying to reach a bunch of people and um, it will remind you, it'll boomerang whatever message you've sent out to your inbox like the following day or the following week and you can choose when you know a message that you sent to somebody will come back to your inbox. And it's really, really um, handy when you're, when, you're, when you're sending so many emails out and you forget, oh my God, I have to follow up with this person next week. Rather than remembering to do that or you know, you can just set up a boomerang for your for your for yourself and then it'll just boomerang back to your inbox the following week love those tools if you could recommend one book to include yours for our listeners what would it be and why well obviously do cool (laughs) (laughs) because um it, it basically marries you know storytelling great storytelling with tangible granular takeaways you know how to raise money how to get press like how to you know eliminate negative relationships like how to you know, um, create your community when you're first starting out, like what to think about, how to find your passion. These are all things that people want to know, but they don't know where to start or how to think about things and just asking themselves like real questions. And so, you know, you either read books from like Richard Branson, who's like amazing writer, um, for, for example, Losing My Virginity is one of my favorite books, but you're just like, well, what do you say in his first meeting to raise his first like $250,000? Like, what do you say? Like, I want to know exactly what he said to do it. And, you, and he's like, and then I raised a million dollars, but you're like, how? You know? And so in the same way, it's like, or you read a business book and it's after page three, your eyes are crossed from so many charts and you're just like, it's too much. So the idea is like, can you absolutely marry like, you know, great storytelling that moves fast, but then with tangible takeaways. That's why, you know, Ducal should have seen decent, decent amount of like a great amount of success. Um, because, you know, people say they can read it, literally have read it in one or two days flat and they get so much out of it. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like this one or Losing My Virginity for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Mickey, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would go to all the different bakeries and at seven o'clock PM and, um, and just take all their, you know, you know, muffins that they're going to throw away at night. And I'm going to go at three o'clock in the morning and sell them to the drunk people at the drunk bars. <laughs> and, you know, I'll make a thousand bucks in a night that way. Um, and then I'm going to take a thousand dollars. I'll spend 20 of it to go and spend the day in uh, a gym on a day pass and just relax in a, uh, in the steam room. And then with the remaining 980, $980, I'll go to Chinatown buy some sunglasses, so buy a bunch of knockoff Ray-Bans for a dollar a piece and sell them for $10, and then that will be um, almost $10,000, and I'll take that and then start my business again. Well, from one entrepreneur to you, Fire Nation, that's a pretty awesome way to spend the next seven days in this brand new world. And Mickey, let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. 
parting piece of advice is put your running shoes on and walk out that door. You know, that's 90% of going to the gym, right? So it's about the same thing in business. Put your running shoes on, walk out that door, and just make progress every day. That's so important. You know, that's make progress every single day. And there's no excuses. You can make progress every single day. Um, how to reach me? You can reach me um, on Twitter at Twin Mickey or on Instagram at Mickey Agrawal, M-I-K-I-A-G-R-A-W-A-L. Um, and please check out shethinkswithanx.com, S-H-E-T-H-I-N-X.com. And I do have a uh, my first Do Cool five-day boot camp is in December, um, which will teach you everything from how to raise money, how to get press, how to create your Kickstarter campaign, how to learn QuickBooks, how to learn WordPress, like everything you need to know to kickstart and launch your business in five days. Um, create, write your TED Talk, create your TED Talk, perform your TED Talk. This is all happens in those five days. Um, to go to that, check out docool.org um, and sign up. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Mickey and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com, type Mickey, M-I-K-I, in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up, and Mickey, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today, and for that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation. Sometimes you don't have 30 minutes to commit to a podcast. I totally get it. That's why I launched Quotes on Fire, a seven day a week podcast where I share a quote from history's greatest entrepreneurs and a killer resource. Check it out in iTunes or at qofire.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 